0: And welcome back to Where Leaders Connect, the Corporate Connections podcast where every week we sit down with one of the incredible men and women that make up our membership and explore a little bit about what makes them unique, what drives them and their business choices. My name is Trevor Bodkin. I'm the National Director of Corporate Connections Canada and today, I'm delighted to be joined by my amazing co-host, Ms. Heather Arthur. Heather, it's great to see you again.
1: It's great to be here, Trev.
0: Um, today, we're going all the way out west to one of my favorite cities, actually a city I tried to live in for years, uh, which is Edmonton in Alberta. And we're joined today by Mr. Derek Mayer, who is the president of Digital Link and executive director of Power Up the Planet. Prior to founding Digital Inc., Derek attended the University of Alberta with a psychology major and a music minor. He studied pure sciences at Concordia before moving on to paramedic school. Spending 12 years as a paramedic, Derek later worked in the nonprofit sector with an organization supporting adults with developmental disabilities. It was there that he learned the importance of establishing a great work environment, something he's brought to his current role as president of Digital Inc., Derek believes in supporting nonprofit groups and has spent time serving on boards and committees for the St. Albert Victim Services Unit, the St. Albert Housing Coalition, and the Little Warriors. Uh, we are super happy to have Derek in our community. He's been a member. actually, I think your one year anniversary is coming up uh, in a month or so. And so Derek, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's great having you here and uh, and super excited that this is the first time you and Heather actually get to meet. So I'm glad we can make this introduction even this in the podcast. Um, Let's start real fast and just high level. Tell us a little bit about your company, Digital Link. So Digital
2: Link is an IT and communications company based in Edmonton with clients across Western Canada. Uh, We specialize in uh, cybersecurity, all things IT, all things electronic, and really making businesses run so that they don't need to worry about their IT.
0: And it feels like your business is probably in the last two years, absolutely exploded. As we went from all IT housed in one building, all employees coming to that one building, to the pandemic work from home, so I'm assuming the last two years have been a bit of a roller coaster.
2: Uh, that that's putting it lightly. Um, it, it has been an explosion, right at the beginning of COVID. Of course, no one knew what they were going to do, and by the end of COVID, you know, we we were fairly diversified. So we we found that uh, the diversity in not only our client base but our uh, our skill set amongst our staff really helped us with. Um, people who are looking for a new solution, you know, as an IT company, if you specialize in restaurants, it was a bad couple of years for you. So, uh, you know, we saw a lot of our competition, unfortunately, um, have to close some doors. So there was a lot of a lot of firms out there that needed a new home. And as such, absolutely, we we grew significantly over the last couple of years.
1: Derek, that's really interesting to hear that your competition, some of them didn't survive, but you did. What would you attest culturally that was different in your company that let you thrive?
2: Interestingly enough, once again, you, you've heard of the great resignation that, that happened. And we've always supported a, a hybrid model. We've always supported a, a model by which our staff can work in a way that, that works for them. Uh, we have an office, of course. Um, it's, it's always handy to have somewhere for deliveries to come in. If you've got a pallet of computers to come in, no one wants that at their front door of a fourth floor walk up. Um, but at, at the same time, uh, internally, our, our we we treasure our staff. You know, our, our staff are the most valuable asset that we have, and we we try and make sure that they feel that value because they're the ones doing all that great work.
1: That's really interesting. The trust was already there that they wouldn't worry about where am I working, and you know, so many companies are actually making that mistake, and they're still making that mistake as we get ready to return to offices. So. Um, bravo to you for really creating a culture where people can do their best work.
2: And it, the interesting side effect that we found over time was that we were able to attract people that really we had no business in attracting. And I, I, I say that with love and I say that with respect for our staff. Um, a, a couple of examples, you know, we we have a, a young woman working for us who works in our communications team and she's phenomenal. Um, but She has young children at home and she wanted to be able to support them and wanted to be able to raise them in a way that she saw fit and was able to do so simply because she was able to work 95% of the time from home. Um, We have an accountant working for us who was a CFO of a major company in Edmonton for years, but this gentleman loves to golf. He'll be the first one to tell you he loves golfing. And if he had to be in a position from nine to five Monday to Friday, he probably wouldn't be in it. There's there's a reason he retired. But he decided to come and work with us because he can work on his schedule. We we don't need an accountant in that desk from nine till five. So sometimes we see him come in just as the the last shift is leaving because he's just played 36 holes.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's really honoring what what your employees want, and how it works best for their life. And so many em- companies and employers are just missing the mark on that. So honestly, that is a fantastic Derek and fantastic that you knew that not because of a pandemic, but because you understood what your humans that work for you needed.
0: It, it must be such a huge shift for you moving from university where you studied um, in, in psychology and in music. So really in arts and then going into paramedic and, and being in a, in a very reactive business, obviously, when you get a call, something's and then you have to go in and do that to go to what really I think is more seen as a preventative business where you're trying to eliminate um, things that may cause detriment to a company or you're trying to protect a company before it's too late, be it a backup strategy or, or a, a strategy to help you know, keep their employees safe from phishing or for some of the internet scams on that. And was that a big shift for you or did one sort of inform the other?
2: You no, know, that, that's actually a great way of putting it. And part of what we communicate with our clients, of course, is to be proactive and, and how important that is. But one of, one of the things that helped very early in the business and continues to help today is uh, when, when someone calls you frantic because something is exploding for them, their email is down, or they've got a printer that isn't working, they've got a deadline, they need to connect to something. What made me a valuable paramedic was the ability not to get shaken under pressure. So to say, okay, is this a bus crash? No, we're probably going to get through it together. And although it is a huge problem for you, and we're going to work on it right now. That heart rate stays stays just constant and there isn't that adrenaline surge that causes mistakes in people so while part of it you might think how do these two things even connect at all you know both of them you're working on people one side is a physical problem with a person and one is a a problem with a person's environment so we're still dealing with people all the time and you know trevor you and i have spoken about this before the ability to talk to people is one that not everybody has (laughs) it's it's a rare quality in a lot of people Um, to say that you have experience just being able to genuinely speak with people and find out what that problem is. Just because I say that my problem is one thing doesn't necessarily mean that that is actually the problem as a paramedic, that's a symptom, but you know, what, what caused that? And, you know, there's those questions that detective work that that you kind of learn in one certainly crossed over into the other.
1: Derek, that is a fantastic straight line backwards in your career history, but you know, just meeting you for the first time here on the podcast, I can tell you that your calm voice, you know, in an IT kind of crisis moment would be exactly what's needed. So it is really fantastic to see how, you know, this. what we bring to the table as human beings can actually be transferable skills in everything we do. And,
0: and I think it's really important to look at that and have that I think steady pulse when you're talking to people and communicating with them, because whether or not you've seen this a million times for them, if it's the first time they've seen it, it's terrifying. If, you know, all your files are, are locked out um, or you have a ransomware notice and, and you can't operate. And, and I think most businesses probably underestimate their risk level. Of, of what that means in today's. So with with that in mind, as someone who's on the front lines of cybersecurity and in IT, what keeps you up at night?
2: Now, that is a great question. Uh, obviously, there, there's a lot of unrest as we've seen in the world right now. Um, and, you know, one of the one of the most interesting things, and I, I won't say positive or negative necessarily, I'll, I'll just say interesting for right now, um, was the call by the vice prime minister of the Ukraine for a public and, and, and outsourced, we'll, we'll call it cybersecurity army. And we, we've never seen anything like it in the world's history. It's the first time this has really been done. And so what, what keeps me up at night is the fact that there is a lot out there right now that's being directed to those two countries. And unlike conventional warfare, where you know perhaps you have two people fighting on a, a specific geographical location, cybersecurity is truly global. And there have already been casualties and and friendly fire incidents where where things have become broken that weren't intended to be broken simply because it was out there and attached itself to something that wasn't quite ready for it. So um, right now, the thing that 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 keeps me up at night is the unknown, that there's a lot going on out there and we're not sure what that's going to evolve into. I mean, you look at you look at every other facet of, of mankind's history war is a wonderful innovator and that's a terrible thing, but uh, we've seen throughout human history, uh, wartime promotes innovation over and over again. And we see that in cybersecurity, we're seeing that in different types of phishing attacks and malware and DDoS attacks and, you know, directed directed um, attacks on infrastructure, you know, just, just this morning uh, or last night, depending on the time zone that you're in, I suppose, um, uh, Russia had a, had accused the West of, of attacking its infrastructure, so there, there's a lot of salvos coming back and forth right now. And keeping our clients kind of as far away from that as possible is has been something we've been working on for quite some time.
1: Derek, that's definitely a different um, a different type of war. Um, are your clients ready for this? Do they understand what could happen, and how do you educate them for? you know, what they need to be aware of.
2: So many, so many pieces to unpack there. There, There's so many different uh, avenues that you can do. And, you know, what we tell our clients, especially if you're a small business, I mean, for example, let's say that you're a small law firm, you've got, you've got five to 20 people in it. Typically you're not a target. Typically. I mean, if you're Sony pictures, you've got unreleased films, And someone directs their attacks at you and releases them on the internet. I mean, that's an entirely different scale of things. But when you're a small business, you know, anywhere in Canada, really, typically you're not a target. So we tell people the same thing. If you went on vacation tomorrow, right after you bought a big screen TV and you've got a really loud action movie on it, and you leave your front door open, unlocked, and your TV on full blast, in full view of the street. When you come home, you're probably going to be one TV short. You no, know, there's that crime of opportunity. So locking the doors and windows and just taking some basic steps can really help out a business. Uh, the problems that we run into, and, and it happens time and time again, is someone says, Oh, we've got Bill over in, you know, over in shipping, who's really good with computers, who's handling our networks for us. So I think we know a thing or two about what's going on. And then two weeks later, they'll come to us and say, I don't know what bill was doing something about shipping and receiving and not about it. So we need your help now. Getting out of that mindset that, that in any business, you have the pieces of your business that make you money and you have the businesses that cost you money. And it's, it's difficult to invest much like an insurance product in something that isn't producing you money right now. And the way that we explain what our services are or, it is more like an insurance product where you want us to make sure that the doors and windows are closed and you want us to make sure that you haven't left anything out there for, for someone to come in and and steal.
1: Derek, your example of a bill, you know, in shipping, uh, as funny as that is, it actually is a true story um, many times over. And I've seen businesses that are not ready for those kinds of attacks. I'd love for us to move over to some of your leadership um, lessons in life. And what I've heard is that you have some unique situations that your friends say, did that really happen to you? I would love to hear one of those stories and what you learned through it.
2: Um, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a world of craziness. It just seems to follow me around sometimes. So uh, we, we just had International Women's Day not too long ago here. And, and I, I was having a conversation with a couple of our, our team um, our lead web developer and uh, one of our communications team, both both very excellent, very skilled women uh, on our team. We were kind of talking about what we were going to do, and and I I told them this story, and I'll keep it very brief for you. In my youth, I was heavily involved in martial arts, and my my instructor, my sifu at the time, I think probably saw that maybe my ego was getting just a little bit too too big, to a little bit little bit too a little bit too large to be fitting through doorways. So one day he says, "Okay, we're, we have a sparring session. Come on over to the gym." And 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 I showed up, and and there was this this young woman there with me. And you know, I introduced myself, and we met. And I sort of dragged my instructor side. I said, "Like, I I don't want to hurt her. I like, I really, I truly don't. Like, please don't make me do this." And he kind of laughed, and he said, "We brought her in so that you guys could could work with each other, and 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 you need to get in there and do this." And I I pushed back a couple of times, and he put his foot down and said okay, we're going to do this now. And she stepped in. This was long before the times of MMA or, you know, mixed martial arts or anything like that at all. And and I, I stepped up and I thought, okay, you know, we'll, we'll do this little dance for a little while. I'll block and then I'll go on to whatever I'm really going to do. And sure enough, she stepped up and um, she, she stepped into something that I had never seen before. And it was very much like modern day uh, mixed martial arts. And she had done Thai boxing. And so she brought, she brought her hands up and I had no idea what to do. And if you've ever done martial arts or ever been in a situation where you've taken one class and that one person did that shin kick that is just terrible and it makes you feel like your leg is going to explode on you. I think that was the first thing that she did and my whole world changed. And for the next 25 minutes, I was severely punished by this woman um, who I, I could not do anything to. I, I could get nothing going on and when we were finished, she she shook my hands and 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 she was the the epitome of class, and my instructor said, okay, I want you back here five o'clock tonight. No problem, I'll see you then. I said, I'll, I'll just be icing my everything until then. No problem, uh, just no, I I need some time here, and he took me down to the old Northlands uh, uh, area here in here in Edmonton, and sure enough, they had the um, the Canadian championships of that particular martial arts happening and she was defending her title uh, in in her age group and I, I have to say my view of the world changed immense immensely that day and uh, I, I've had such a respect for anyone since that day you know we all learn our lessons in our youth and that was a, an early lesson that I learned and And to this day, I I remember the pain of my leg feeling like it's going to explode. And it just reminds me to, you know, bring respect to people.
1: (laughs) I love that story. And I love that, you know, you brought ego to the table and it was sort of like not allowing you to see the art of what's possible. How do you now keep that lesson alive in your business and dealing with all kinds of different people?
2: You know, in, in. In my previous role, when I worked uh, with adults with developmental disabilities, I, I had a wonderful leader. Um, she she taught me so much about what a potential leader could be. Um, I, this this wasn't necessarily the the best role that I had ever had. I quite enjoyed what I did. I learned a lot. I met some amazing people, but I I don't know that I would have stayed in that role as long as I did had she not been in there. And she was a very strong uh, female role model for me and um, taught me what it could be like. And when she left, when she left that role, uh, the next leader that came in was very much the opposite. And, you know, I, I, I left the role shortly after, but it, it, it really proved what, what a great working environment could be. And when I started my own company and, and it was just me, like many small business owners, you know, you started out of your basement and it kind of grows from there. And really, it became that whole servant leadership idea, that idea of instead of a pyramid where you have all of your management on top, it's the inverted pyramid where the management is on the bottom and where my frontline team, the people who are public, our clients see day in, day out and who are doing the work and who say, you know, Digital Link is wonderful because Jeff did this for me or because Patrick did this for me or whatever that that looks like or, you know, Elise, or 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 Bree, or any of our, our amazing team, they're the ones that that we promote. They're the ones that do all the great work. And if it comes down to it, I will do whatever I need to do. And my role is just to make sure that they can do their best work and that nothing is getting in their way. If that means I'm doing dishes on a Friday afternoon, then that that's what I'm doing. If it means that uh, someone has to go out and get more coffee, then a lot of times that's that's my role. And you know, I I, I tell my team I'm the air traffic controller around the office. So as as that air traffic controller for my business, um, making sure that we just keep things in the air, keep things moving um, to make sure that our staff can do their best work and to make sure that um, any of our clients, any of those forward facing positions our vendors even um, really associate our team with that excellent service, because once again, they're they're doing all the work. When it comes back around to it just to make sure that we have the right people in the right spots and you know you think about an IT position and you think about has to be good at you know databases and has to be good at you know managing Microsoft products and and things like that there there are a lot of great people who've been through a lot of great courses you know and the stuff that we look for are, are those soft skills and quietly don't don't tell anyone that I'm telling you this but part of our recruiting process is we actually have a pre-screen that's done by one of our accountants, um, who is someone who I'm very fond of, who is my wife who works within our company, um, (laughs) who we have her do our pre-screening interviews with all candidates, especially on the IT side, simply because we've noticed that some applicants are very dismissive of her because they don't think that she's in a position of power or they don't think that she's in a position of leadership or simply because she's a woman. So we specifically have her do those pre-screening questions because we want to uncover who the person is that that we're we're really we're really inviting for for an interview.
1: I that is an interesting concept. And you know, I've seen it same with you know the in-person interviews. You go to the office and you know the candidate isn't nice to the person that greets them as the first person. And I think it's a, a, a you know people have to remember that they're always in an interview; they're always being looked at. Is is this a cultural fit? And then vice versa that you're testing for that to ensure that to ensure that the culture of your company is respectful and you know honoring everyone. Um, not, let's not let ego get in the way for anyone because um, you'll get a shin kick, right, Derek?
2: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Derek, I've taken so many golden nuggets away from this conversation, from your calm demeanor to transferable skills to how do you make sure you hire for the best people? Is there any last lesson that you would love to share that you've learned along the way for our audience?
2: Sure. You know, I, I would I would recommend that anyone that that's looking for a wonderful team to be a part of, you know, look at that larger picture. I mean, money is great. Money is one thing. And, and like every paramedic that has ever lived in Alberta, for us, the calling up north, you know, when the oil field was really booming was huge. And, you know, I made a decision early in my career to, to stay with my family full time rather than work away for a week and come back for a week even though I, I could have paid off a lot of bills had I had I worked up there, but this was more important to me. we're seeing that now, you know, we're seeing where people value things over just the simple wage. And, you know, I, I love that people, I love the great resignation. I know it's hurting some businesses and I'm sorry for that, but it's, it's really balancing out and, and causing people to find those, those places with great culture and, and we'll continue to do that. And I, I encourage everyone to find their own great place to work.
0: No, that's beautiful, Derek. I, I really appreciate having you here. I really appreciate your just the lens by which you view the world and how you run your business. I think it's very inspirational. Uh, I think we could all learn from that in terms of never take for granted the experience or the life story of someone else. Wonderful lessons. I really appreciate that. I appreciate Heather. Uh, your communication. And your questions and, and your curiosity with Derek, as always. So thank you to both of you for being here today. If if anyone's interested in knowing more about your business, I would suggest they go to DigitalLink.ca and find out about his, about his company. I'm assuming you can help people uh, anywhere in Canada or around the world. It's not only limited to to Edmonton. Absolutely beautiful. So uh, DigitalLink.ca. As always, thank you, Derek. Thank you, Heather. And to everyone listening today, thank you for your time and for your participation in this podcast. And this is where leaders connect.